Hello, and welcome to a show of their own, Sports and Life with Morgan and Laura. I'm Morgan. And I'm Laura, and we both are really excited because in this new year, we actually have sports to talk about. Yay! Because <laughs> we are like 10-ish days away from the NHL season, and so we thought there's a lot of teams to cover, so why not split it into two episodes? So there are four divisions, um, North, Central, East, and West, and so this episode we're going to do the north and central and then the next episode we're going to do east and west and we thought that'd be good because then we're splitting up morgan's and my favorite teams and good good mix of teams there so we're going to start well first i guess i should explain explain how this is going we're going to go from the team in the division that had the least points last season to the team with the most kind of just because the teams with the least are tend to be a little less interesting but yeah are going to do that so we'll start with the north which they're calling it the north they should just call it like the canada division yeah teams um and it should surprise absolutely no one that the team that finished in that division with the least amount of points was the ottawa senators that said they made a lot of interesting moves and they were kind of positioned a little well in this offseason because with the cap staying the same, which was not expected at all at the start of last season, they, being cheap, their owners very cheap, um, had space so that they could kind of take on people, get deals, that sort of thing. So the first thing they did is they bought out Bobby Ryan. I didn't really think they had to do that, but they did. Um, they traded with my team for Matt Murray, so they got a goalie of the future. They did some like cap maneuvering where they gave teams cap space and got some assets in return and so from Tampa Bay they got Cedric Paquette and Braden Coburn and then Derek Stepan from the Coyotes so that's an interesting look and then there were a lot of free agents that were available at good prices they got Alex Gutchenyuk I wouldn't say he was actually at a great price he's kind of lost a lot of his value but Evgeny Dadnov, they signed, who was previously with Florida, at a really good value. And they also got Eric Branson, who is a less than great defenseman, but, you know, veteran leadership present. I think it'll be interesting because it's kind of it's such, a, such a different team. I think it'll be interesting, like, if they mesh well, they could do better than they did last year. But they also could do probably about the same. I wouldn't expect them to do worse. So. <laughs> that's the Ottawa Senators next a team I think Maureen might have a little bit of an opinion on the Montreal Canadiens um they, they had the biggest news for them was two resignings uh Jeff Petrie and Brendan Gallagher who were like foundational core pieces of their team they also traded Max Stomi for to Columbus for Josh Anderson and signed him to a long contract extension Max Domi didn't want a long extension, and so they kind of wanted a guy who they could lock in for a long time. They got a backup goalie for Carey Price in Jake Allen, which is way better than who I think it was Charlie Lindgren. Like, I don't even know. Not a good one. <laughs> they signed or they traded for the rights to Joel Edmondson and then signed him, which is another defenseman. They got Tyler Toffoli, who, again, was available for a very reasonable price for the value he provides. And then signed two veteran UFAs, Michael Furleek, whatever, he's he's okay. But then Corey <laughs> Perry. We got Corey Perry. And I, yeah. I think this is going to be interesting because Josh Anderson is also kind of known a little bit for having a, a bit of snarl to him. So I think yeah. they're going to low-key turn into like a we-don't-like-him kind of team. <laughs> I saw a lot of people like kind of mad at the stars for not getting Perry again, but I kind of feel like this was uh, more of like a COVID deal as far as like no other teams are traveling to Canada and I, he lives in Canada, right? Yeah. He's Canadian. So, and I think like his family was like one of the only families that got to come into the playoff bubble there at the end. So to me, like him signing with a Canadian team just kind of makes sense in that aspect. I mean, obviously, I don't know if that's the reason he signed. But to me, I'm like, well, that would make sense because 
Canada's the Canada division is only traveling within Canada so he'd get to see his family more often than if he played for Dallas still and the other thing I will say is I think a lot of the reason people would want to sign him is because of his performance in the playoffs yeah because I would say his regular season performance doesn't really indicate that like we have to sign him what are we doing if we don't sign him but you also have to remember that his playoff performance was in a very 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 unique set of circumstances like that huge layoff the bubble everything about it was so different so there's no guarantee that he would be exactly like that so I don't feel like it wouldn't have been bad if they did sign it but I don't feel like it's this huge grave mistake that they did yeah and by the way we're recording on January 2nd which means yesterday was the anniversary of him playing like nine seconds in the winter classic and that like (laughs) long walk off (laughs) That was funny. Um, So then number five is the Vancouver Canucks, who are always a little interesting, mostly because they have a ton of those players signed in that range that you really don't want to sign, like three to like five or six million for like decent, good, but not great players. Because then you just like ace yourself out of a lot of great players and cause yourself a lot of cap issues. So it kind of means they can only do so much tweaking. They did let Jake Markstrom walk, which was kind of interesting because he has been like through at different points in the past couple of seasons, been like the only reason that they've been above water, but kind of, again, in the playoffs, Thatcher Demko um, mm-hmm. really, really, really dominated. Like they had no business being in that series with Vegas and they were, and it was totally because of, Thatcher Demko if you want if like a great sum of a summary of his playoff series is when they're going to the handshake line Mark Stone from Vegas gets to him and he has this look of like I like complete confusion like I have no idea how you did that dude (laughs) it was pretty funny um but they signed Braden Holtby who if you look at recently has not had great statistics but with Thatcher Demko it could maybe be better because I think different scenario they also ironically got someone who originally who was originally with the capitals but was from vegas nate schmidt who's a really good defenseman on a really fair contract and they got him for a third round pick which is about like 25 percent of his market value probably or something insane like that because vegas signed alex petrangelo had no less than no cap space and so had to trade him and so everyone knew they had uh, whoever was trading with Vegas had them over a barrel and the only basically the only people Vancouver had to compete with was anyone else who would want to trade for Vegas or for Nate Schmidt so that was a pretty pretty good deal and their defense has been a little in and they had a few walk in free agency besides Quinn Hughes I should say as far as being in because Quinn Hughes is amazing um, so I think it's good shore up of their defense um I think they could be pretty good. I just, I still feel like they're not quite there. Yeah. Like, they seem like they're in that weird spot. And it's going to get worse because I believe this is the last year of both Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson's entry-level deals. So we have to sign both of them to, like, actual money. And I just, I don't, I don't get their plan right now. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we're doing this because I'm having like the same like forgetfulness with like all these trades even though like I had so many issues with MLB of like oh that guy's on that team now because of how big of the break between like spring training and winter meetings and all of that stuff to when the season actually started and I realized it's a smaller gap between last season and this season, but I feel like that's making me more forgetful just because I feel like so many trades happened so quickly with NHL and then there was kind of a break. And then now there's a couple more signings happening that my brain is like, Oh yeah, this guy's on this team now. And this team's in this division. Now the other complicating factor I will say is for the last season, the trade deadline was like on February 20 something. And then the season paused on like March 12th or March 13th. So yeah. there's a ton of people who are like, wait, they're on that team. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Like when I was looking some of the ones they lost in free agency, I'm like, wait, when did they have them? Right. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, moving on. 
Calgary. Um, Calgary is a really interesting one. And then I think this is kind of a bit of a like tipping point kind of year. They lost two very key defensemen, TJ Brody and Travis Kamenick. Although we're not completely sure that they've lost Travis Kamenick because he hasn't signed anywhere yet. So perhaps they could re-sign him. I wouldn't bet on it, but maybe. Travis Kamenick um, is the one who opted out of the playoff bubble. So you might not really have a lot of current memories of him, but very good. They got him from the Islanders a while back. TJ Brody has been very, very good. Had that scary like seizure episode, like maybe earlier this season, I think. And so feels like a lifetime ago, but yeah, that's interesting. But they lost both of them, but they gained Chris Tanev, who, and Jake Markstrom from Vancouver. Jake Markstrom. Yeah, part of the goalie merry-go-round. <laughs> yeah, like goalies changed all the, <laughs> over the place. So just prepare for that. But Jake Markstrom, that if, if Calgary got better, mm-hmm. it's Jake Markstrom. Because um, Cam Talbot and Big Save Dave, even though he's called Big Save Dave, it's just not really that dominant of a tandem. Yeah. But if Dave Riddich is like your 1B or backup and Jake Markstrom is your 1A, like that's a pretty solid tandem and so I think that is really going to help them the thing is though is they've kind of been teetering on this like they make the playoffs but don't do anything situation and not even like like because the Leafs are like that but the Leafs at least look better in the regular season yeah the Flames are like a little bit like and they don't always look that great and so a lot of there's a lot of speculation that if it's not really a big year that Gaudreau or Monaghan there could be some shakeup with that. Kachuk's name is really not thrown around at all just because he's such an identity piece. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't imagine it would be him. I'd imagine Control or Monaghan. But that would be interesting because those big kind of trades, when you're trading the best player, it's hard to win a trade like that. So it'd be interesting to see. But I don't really have a ton of expectations just also because this division, there's a lot of talent. Yeah. yeah. And I think like, I kind of feel like for this season, it it's hard to like think of like all the teams that made it to playoffs and like have the same expectations of them all making the playoffs again. And I don't know if that's because of the quick turnaround and like the wonky season of last year. It, it just feels like harder to predict who's going to actually do well. And it again kind of reminds me of 2019 MLB season where it, of course the Dodgers like, you expected them to play us, but I mean, because of COVID and everyone having a shorter season, like you didn't really know who was going to actually meet expectations. And I feel like there could be a lot of teams that just kind of have a fluke good season or a fluke bad season, just because of it being somewhat shorter and just kind of feels super quick after the end of last season. And then last season dragging on for over a year almost. And I will also say with Goudreau and Monaghan, if you look around this Canada division as opposed to the division they were in, there was there's a lot of like premier talent. Connor McDavid, yeah. Austin Matthews, Elias Pedersen. There's so much talent. So if like and, and one talent can really do a lot for your team. So I think it is gonna be interesting. I think if they do make the playoffs, it's gonna be on the back of goaltending. The one thing yeah. I wanted to point out that I just look in looking at my list, I forgot to write down, but it's kind of going to be really cool because they're doing these only games in your division. It's a lot more games against the same opponents. Yeah. How many Kachuk brother games are going to get? That's going to be so awesome. They're poor parents though. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> they, they both, if you ever see like stuff with their, their mother, they, they're like the sweetest ever. And uh-huh. I think she like, Per, like cashed in every favor she had to be like don't fight don't do anything <laughs> so but it would be really I think that would be cool yeah um next I was kind of surprised that they finished with more points than Calgary but it could be the stop of the season so I wouldn't necessarily yeah. I think Calgary could hop this team it kind of depends Winnipeg Jets there were like zero expectations for the Winnipeg Jets last year because their defense got completely decimated. Um, but Connor Hellebuck, who the season prior hadn't had done okay, had like absolutely an insane season. And so um, he kind of carried them. Like if you look at where they would have finished with an average goaltending and where they finished with him, it's 
the difference with him. Um, so if he continues that trend, one that's great for us, um, the two of us, because he is an American. So that would be great for the Olympics, uh, future, future goaltender for the Americans. But um, it would also, it would really help them. They did get some, they get, well, they get some, they get one, like I think key component was Paul Stasny, uh, which their center depth, it was pretty much like Mark Shifley and guys like I don't really know who else and so I think having Paul Stasny really gives them two lines because they have a lot of wingers but they don't because they have uh, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers, Patrick Laine and Blake Wheeler but then you think only two of those guys get Shifley as a, as a center and who's the other center and so having two solid centers I mean Stasny isn't what he was but still that is a good top six and uh, Stasny, when he was traded from the Blues, was traded to the Winnipeg Jets for like half a season a while ago. And he meshed really well with the team. So it's a little less risky than some other uh, trades and stuff like that. So that will be interesting. I'm not, I think for them, it's, it's just totally hell about what does he do? Yeah. I don't really remember much about the Jets from the last season, except for like the times that they played, because they played the Stars like, early in the season so like a year and a half ago and I just remember really like being annoyed as heck about them I think mostly with Shifley because I think they kind of got into it with the stars a few times so from that only memory um I'm kind of happy that the stars aren't playing them yeah and yeah and I think that there's just in this Canada division it's gonna be so interesting there really isn't a lot of places to hide in this division like Ottawa's about it Everyone else, like, well, because you think about it, all of the other 17 or all of the other six teams made the bubble. Now, some of them got lost yeah. in the play in rounds, but all of them, other ones were in the bubble. So that's kind of a, a thing. Um, next is Edmonton. A um, couple interesting things. So, yes, a Puliarvi, which is quite a name to pronounce, um, he had felt really like and he was his his development and stuff was really botched by former Edmonton Oilers GM Peter Shirelli who no one really has great things to say about um and so he when it was time for him to be an RFA going into last season there was this holdout he was like trade me trade me I'm so sick of the Oilers but they had a new GM Ken Holland and he's like no unless I get a trade that's like actually your value I'm not trading you didn't happen so he ended up just playing in Finland that season well I think they came back to the table I think COVID and then also the fact that it's a different GM they could say like listen this is what we want to do differently with you this is all of the differences in our team and our outlook and everything and so he is signed which will be interesting to see where he fits and how he um, helps things because one of the big problems they've struggled with is they want to have um McDavid Dreisaitl is like the one two amazing center depth but they they had a hard time doing that because they have like no wingers and so it's like well you can't as amazing as McDavid is you can't put him with like AHL players and expect this like I mean he's still going to be amazing but you can't expect this otherworldly line so if Puliarvi is able to really do something interesting that could be a, a cool thing. Um, they also re-signed Tyler Ennis. He had some interesting chemistry with Connor, Connor McDavid specifically because he's not not really a first or second line talent, but he's so fast, which complements McDavid, who is also very fast. So it's kind of, I'll be interested to see where he ends up. I think he'll probably end up being more bottom six, but it's one of those things where if someone's hurt, he can slide in with McDavid and it works. They also got Tyson Berry on a pretty good deal. And um, I like that move because their D, especially on the right side, they definitely needed another top four right mm-hmm. defenseman. So that that makes sense. The thing that I think might sink the Oilers, <laughs> for some unknown reason, like with all of the goalies out there and all of the movement, they were the ones who like, no, we like our guy. We're re-signing Mike Smith, who if you look at the, the series with Chicago, they lost at least a couple of the games because 
they put Mike Smith in instead of Koskinen. And Mike Smith was horrendous. And the thing about Mike Smith is like one out of every like maybe five or so games, you're going to get this like ungodly performance. Mm-hmm. But then every other game is just going to be horrendous. Like there yeah. is no in between. There's no like consistent level. And so, and, and this is just the thing you, you hear me saying this with all these teams, goalie, 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 because you can do all of this talent, but if you don't have a certain level of goaltending, you can get by with not having like Vesna quality goaltending, but you can't have like below average right. and expect to expect to have the talent on the offense and the defense compensate for that. It just, it rarely happens. So we shall see. And then finally, the ones who finished with the most points, the Maple Leafs. Still haven't done anything in the postseason, so that's going to be – but they're, like, the team of dads now. Yeah. We have, like, Wayne Simmons, you can't even call him a team dad because he's, like, the young one of the, of the, the older veteran presence. But he gives them a lot of – like snarl and stuff which they definitely needed and they've definitely added a little bit of toughness and I think his decline has been a little bit overstated he definitely has declined but he's still serviceable they of course re-signed Jason Spezza and then they signed Joe Thornton so they just have like which I forgot about all of the dads all of the dads um another thing they got was TJ Brody also from Calgary so the interesting thing there was a lot of movement in this Canada division mm-hmm. before we knew that it was going to be a Canada division. So that'll be kind of interesting. A lot of people playing former teams. Yeah. Um, so that's great because, so they have established um, Muzzin Hall as kind of like a good, like top four pairing, but then forever, they've never had a, a partner for Morgan Riley. It's been like Ron Hainsey, who I think is retired now is just not, and he's, sh- like was at the are you going to retire like five years ago so and then Cody Stacey who is the opposite of an analytics darling so (laughs) having TJ Brody who's like actually like universally agreed a good defenseman is going to be great for Morgan Riley so that'll be interesting the other thing I wanted to talk about there's this whole goaltending requirement because they can't really do the same things they normally do with goaltending. So they, and they have the taxi squad and all of that. And so they want people, teams to have plenty of goaltenders so that if someone gets hurt, like they can't really afford to have many David Ayers situations. I don't even know if they're going to have the like emergency backup this year at all. Um, so they had um, obviously Frederick Anderson and Jack Campbell are their one, two, and they had those from last year. But then in the off season, they signed Aaron Dell, and then they brought back Michael Hutchinson after trading him to Colorado. I know a lot of Leaf fans weren't happy about Hutchinson, but here's the thing. If you get to your fourth def- fourth goaltender on the depth chart, like, it, I don't even know who the Penguins' fourth goaltender is. And, uh, and it, so it, it's going to be someone who's not good. So to get to the fourth, I mean, and Michael Hutchinson has played in the NHL. So to have a fourth defenseman on your depth chart who has any kind of experience is kind of amazing. So they might lose some of, they might lose Dell in waivers if they if they send him through waivers. But having all of those people is just a really good setup for the current NHL configuration. They also did trade Kapanen for. And for to the Penguins and Janssen to the Devils. And so they got some cap room with that. And they got rid of some of those like $3.5 to $5 million players. So that was good. But I think they'll still be about where they were last year. The only thing is how will they do in the playoffs? And I think a lot of that veteran presence is going to be interesting. Yeah. And, um, now the central. This, I think there is a little bit more clarity. It's a little less smushed yeah. than the North Division, except the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> I will say, the Detroit Red Wings got significantly better. Unfortunately, significantly better from historically bad is still bad. Yeah. So, um, 
they replaced Jimmy Howard with Thomas Grice in goal, which is a monumental improvement. So I would definitely expect better saves and stuff like that. Bobby Ryan, they signed uh, on a cheap deal, which I thought was pretty risk-free and it's good. A lot of times when you're in these rebuilding teams, having like a bridge veteran kind of guy, one, it, it has an appeal to, uh, to fans, but then two, it, it also is just good for your young players to have someone they can talk to who's like been through all of that stuff. And in addition to Bobby Ryan, they kind of got a similar thing in Mark Stahl, who was a cap dump from the New York Rangers. He's definitely overpaid, um, but they can afford that. They have plenty of cap space, and I think it makes sense for their situation. Like I said, I think, well, I think it's a like, sure bet that they'll do better than last season because it's pretty hard to do worse. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> but... I still, I'm, I am confident that they will be last in the central. Actually, I should say mostly confident and it's because of the next team. Do you have, do you want to say anything about the Red Wings? Um, I'm glad the stars are in their division. <laughs> and speaking of that, you should also be glad the stars are in the Blackhawks division. Cause I have no clue what the heck yeah. Stan Bowman is doing first of all. And then second of all, they had some bad luck. So first, they let Corey Crawford walk, which was yeah. puzzling because now they have Malcolm Subban and Colin Delia. And neither of those have proven anywhere near, forget like a 1A, they aren't really 1B. Like Vegas did, would never want, did not view Subban as a 1B. Delia only was a backup when they needed, like when they had injuries. So no. So I don't really know what they're doing with that. Second, they traded Saad, who makes $6 million, I think, for one more season, maybe a little overpaid. But for Nikita Zadorov on defense from Colorado, who is overpaid and not that good. And so they just, like, gifted Colorado, a team that doesn't need it, yeah, better talent. So I don't know what they're doing there. Um, they got – they signed Yanmark, Wal- Walmark – and Soderberg, um, and a lot of it, that's, those are depth guys, and that's a lot of centers. Like, oh, like especially they signed Soderberg like last week or so, and everyone's like, "What are you doing? Like, you already have plenty of center depth." Well, then Kirby Doc got injured in the World Juniors. Jonathan Taves, it's a little unclear. I'm not going to speculate, but he's battling something, mm-hmm. and so it's going to be out for a significant amount of time, and so. The only center I could come up with who's like even played kind of any high at all on their team is Dylan Strom. But he's not like a number one center. And you go from Dylan Strom to like Matthias Yanmark. <laughs> like he's Matthias Yanmark is a fine like third, fourth line center. He is mm-hmm. not like a second line center, not even close. And same with like Soderberg. Like, I don't get so they they just have and some of that that's bad luck like the injuries and stuff but still if there's a team who's going to be worse than Detroit it's going to be Chicago but I still give them the edge just because they have Patrick Kane and um Dominic Kubelik but not looking great (laughs) um six we actually had a tie they had the same amount of points, but we'll start with Florida. They got Patrick Hornquist from my Pittsburgh Penguins, and in the process, cap dumped their their defenseman, who's not that great, Mike Matheson. We'll get to that next week. Um, <laughs> they re-signed Mackenzie Weger, who I think is a little bit of an underrated defenseman. Um, they got, these are all minor deals, Radko Gudis, Alex Venberg, and Vinny Hinestroza. Um, they let Mike Hoffman, it seems like, uh, Mike Hoffman, Evgeny Dadanov, and Mark Pissick, who is a defenseman slash also got a hat trick against the Leafs as a winger, um, walk. Here's the thing. I don't think they drastically changed that much, mm-hmm. but they could be a totally different team if Bobrovsky has like a return to form. And he kind of does this sometimes where he has on, off, on, off, on, off years. So if this year's his on year, they could like massively improved without having really changed their team that much just because he was so bad last year 
and he, he made $10 million to be a pretty awful goaltender. So if that changes, I could see them definitely moving up the list a little bit. There's a lot of competition there, but there's actually some potential. Yeah. The one I kind of can't see moving up is the, when they're tied with. And also, like you said, yesterday was uh, January 1st. <laughs> the um, opponent from that uh, outdoor game, Nashville Predators, um, they re-signed Mikhail Granlund. It seems like they let Craig Smith walk. Um, they bought out Kyle Turris, which the interesting thing was um, when Matthew Shane was traded from Colorado to Ottawa, and he's now in Nashville, ironically, but when in that three-way trade, the key component for Nashville was acquiring um, Kyle Turris. And he they immediately signed him to an extension, and he's just never been what he was in Ottawa. And so that buying him out so early is, is kind of interesting, but definitely makes sense. They traded Nick Benino to Minnesota for Luke Cunning, so they definitely shed some cap space there. Um, they signed Mark Borvieski, who I was surprised Ottawa let him go because he's kind of in the Bobby Ryan mold that I was talking about, like a great veteran, maybe not super talented, but for a, a young rebuilding team made sense and also I just have to mention he's the one who stopped a robbery like a guy who stole a purse out of a gal's car and so that's how you have to look it up it's in Vancouver it's so and he's such a nice guy he's like yeah I just saw him running and all of this and so he just like stopped him and waited for the police to show up and it was so sweet and so he's his nickname is Boro Cop so it's so cute he's, he's, he's awesome so he just seems so sweet so I like that signing they signed Derek Howla who I think is a little bit of an underrated centerman not great but always good value it seems like um here's the thing about the Predators I think they're very middle of the road they're not mm-hmm. bad they're not going to compete with Chicago or Detroit but I don't like they're a tier down from the top competition. And so that's the worst to be in because Chicago and Detroit, they know who they are. They're getting assets for taking on other teams, bad contracts. They're getting higher draft picks. They're doing all that. You just don't want to sit in the middle mm-hmm. and just be like, well, what are we doing? So I don't like that for them. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that, Nashville is still in the same division with the Stars because at least we have one like true rival. Um, that's the only thing I didn't like about the division breakups is, and I know this might be like controversial to other Stars fans. I was kind of hoping they'd play more in the West uh, just because like they have Colorado and I kind of like some of the California teams can't remember where Minnesota and St. Louis ended up I guess East. they ended up in the west oh okay see that doesn't really make sense to me but whatever I have to deal with it I kind of just like when they play St. Louis anyway just because it feels super petty although I do enjoy that there's another petty team in this division with the stars um I just kind of wish there were more like division rivals that like stars fans know are the rivals like the wild and st louis even if they're not necessarily great teams at the moment or whatever it's still like a classic rival but i i guess i'll i'll deal with nashville and i think the hockey is still battling being like an east centric league yeah because so they had california and that was covid restrictions necessitated that and then i think they decided who they wanted to be in the east and then they just kind of worked the west and central around that yeah because if you look at it this division and kind of the west there are some teams that don't make sense in either well the number one team we're going to get to eventually in the central i i if you how are they the central but yeah that's a question for a little later yeah on. how is minnesota the west that... <laughs> some of these are interesting <laughs> uh so next we have columbus blue jackets Again, a little interesting that they're, I mean, I guess they're the central kind of, but they, like, there's a lot of crossing of conferences, so that's kind yeah. of interesting, because this isn't one that the Stars, for instance, have played a lot. Right. So that'll be interesting. Um, kind of similar to what we mentioned with the Canada division, they acquired Max Domi for Josh Anderson. They signed him to a bridge deal. Um, 
but they should be able because of their cap situation if he wants more money in two years and has earned it this is kind of good for them because he'll either earn his raise or if he doesn't perform as well then they can get him for cheaper similarly they bridged Pierre-Luc Dubois who was their like notable restricted free agent and like their best player won't say that their best center they have some really good defensemen they stole from Minnesota. Minnesota let their captain, Miko Koivu, also a, a season of captains on the move. Yeah. Uh, Miko Koivu is now with the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's going to be really weird to see. But, I mean, as a, I think he's the kind of guy that I could see um, Torts really liking. And further down the line, definitely makes sense. Um I said goaltending was at times miraculous last season. All this Merzlikens, who can forget? Um, and so they have Eunice Corpusalo and Merzlikens as their tandem. If they perform like they do last year, anything is possible with this team. Tortorello, Tortorella, I think, gets the rep as like an old school coach because the way he talks sometimes in media and stuff. Uh-huh. But I've listened to stuff. He really actually is pretty analytically minded. And if you see how his players feel about him now and just how his teams play and stuff low-key a really good coach so I'm kind of interested to see they could they could be one that kind of surprises too so but they are they always because they're a Tortorella team they have a little bit of snarl so it could be one that a few weeks in you're telling me you don't like them (laughs) so next speaking of petty just to, yep. to, to start the preview the carolina hurricanes um now this i'm happy that they're in the division with the stars yes and all of the the if, if you're any fan of any of these central teams or just an nhl fan please follow them on twitter their twitter is amazing mm-hmm. um signed jesper foss who's like an okay player that the rangers let walk um they lost at least it seems like they lost Sammy Vatnin and Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Uh, Justin Williams retired. Um, they re-signed Hayden Flurry and Warren Fogel, which are good, re- especially Fogel is a good re-sign. Um, largely the same team, but my questions are, will they still be the dominant tactical team they've been for a while now? And will James Reimer and Peter Mrazek as a tandem hold up? And with all of the goalies changes, because obviously goaltending is huge and they don't have ones that, you know, are dominant. Um, the other thing I, I didn't put here as a question, but is a question. Are they going to do the surge with there's no fans? That was going to be my question, too. They I have think, to. I think, OK, they at least should do one where they like rip on the fact that there's no fans. Like they yes. throw stuff into the crowd and there's no yes. crowd there or something. Because I feel like they could have, like, I feel like the surge could be even more fun without fans just because it's, like, a thing that they know fans love. So it's kind of, like, acknowledging the fans even though they're not there. Um, and even if they don't do it every time, they should do it a yeah, few times. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't be mad if they beat the Stars and did it when the Stars play there. Like, I just give me a storm surge. I don't care who you have to beat to do it. Just I want one at least. Um they're also so the stars even though they are western conference champions only have one national game scheduled broad national broadcast game scheduled thank god it's against the carolina hurricanes because that just screams petty 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 to me um and i was excited because in my mind i was like well i probably won't get to watch any local stars games because of freaking sinclair which we'll get to that in the rant and rave section (laughs) um and so I was like, well, at least I'll get to see a super petty game. And then someone was like, but what if it's blacked out and you get a different game um, airing nationally? I was like, don't break my heart like this. Just let me have one game to look forward to and it be the pettiest of them all. Yeah, it, they should not be blackouts. You can't, like, if not many people, even if there are crowds, if it's like right? one fifth of the crowd, like really, no. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I uh, the storm surge, the thing too, I always, like it always got me, the team always waits until the opponent is off the ice. Yes. So I just don't see, like, and it's always fun, and it's rarely, it's not, I haven't seen it be, like, taunting of the other team at yeah. all. So it's like, if you, as a fan or player or whatever, get hurt about that, like, 
grow up a bunch of jerks yeah like (laughs) you're not as tough as you claim to be yeah and like there's none of it that's ever seemed like it was mean-spirited or even directed towards the opponents it's always directed like celebrating with their fans like I never understood why some people get mad about that so but I guess people have need something to be mad about well and some people in hockey like to claim they're tough guys and then they show their true colors yeah um next gonna have lots to talk about this morning because <laughs> it's the Dallas Stars <laughs> they ended second and it's only because of who else is in this division at one but I did want to point out that they signed uh, defenseman slash winger Mark Kissick so that's interesting um, they re-signed goaltender <laughs> Anton Hedoman they stayed Thank off God. The, they stayed off the goalie carousel Yes, I was so worried. I was like, they're going to be it. It's going to be a goalie carousel for the Stars. They lost Yanmark, Perry, Sekera, and Polak. I mean, Yanmark's the one that I could see being the saddest about, but even that, it's like, eh. I'm eh. not mad about any of them. No offense to Yanmark, but at least now, uh, what's his face, who I totally just blanked on our coach's name, won't play him as much. Bonus. Thank you. I keep wanting to say Montgomery, and I'm like, he's been gone for a year now. Yeah, and none of those, those are all bottom six or just not that good of players. Um, yeah. Harkening back to the Edmonton situation of Finnish players who were in a standoff with their team that ended, <laughs> which is an odd, very specific category that more than <laughs> one player fit into. Uh, they signed uh, Honka to a contract, so that'll be interesting. Kind of don't know what to expect. Even no, expect no less than probably with Cole Yarvey, so that'll be interesting to see where he fits in. But then, of course, they re-signed Hanson Karyanov, which is like they weren't. Of course, they were going to do that, but it's so essential because it those was are scary for a second there. And they also re-signed Faxa, but Hanson Karyanov and Hudobin are the three that I was like super, super important. Yeah, I think the thing with the stars is. Uh, what are Ben, Sagan, and Radulov like this season? Yeah. Because they've been a little, especially Ben and Radulov have been a little up and down in recent years. Sagan somewhat, but he's more, you know, that you can expect a decent yeah. performance from him. But what level are, because of how much salary they pick up, what level are they going to be at? They're one of the few teams that I don't have a goaltending concern. I mean, I guess the only concern would be injury if Ben Bishop gets hurt but well, he's not supposed to like start the season him and yeah. Sagan are both like gonna be out for at but least even, a couple months even still Hudobin's good yeah he's yeah and I have no worries pro- they've proven consistency and also they've proven their defensive structure is some of the best in the NHL and so obviously they can't completely come like if they had Mike Smith that wouldn't be good. Like all the defensive structure in the world can't compensate for that. But if they have, if they can just find decent goaltending, their mm-hmm. structure really helps with that. But I think the most important question of the entire Stars situation is if Denis Gurionov will get to play the minutes that he, his stats indicate that he should. I mean, since Yanmark won't be taking up all the precious ice time and Sagan's not going to be playing for at least a few months, by default, he should just get those minutes, right? Somehow it's going to, it's not going to happen. But at least I I have a tiny bit more hope that he's going to finally get the ice time he deserves, at least in the first like two months. And then I don't... You never know with Bonus because I like every time I think Bonus is finally turning around and like giving him the minutes he deserves, and it's like the first two periods are great, and then he plays like two minutes in the third. So here's the thing I'm kind of hoping with Garyanov. There's okay. a thing with goaltending where like I'm gonna use the Mike Smith Edmonton thing. He played horribly, and then it's like okay, we need to start Koskinen, and something needs to change. And then Koskinen did okay, and then it's like well, we have to stick with him because. He's the best goalie. You kind of take the decision out of the coach's hands. And they have similar things in other, like, like the Penguins had that last year where Tristan Jari just got hot. And it's like, well, we have to play Tristan Jari. They didn't do that in the playoffs. That's another story for another day. But for a lot of the season, they just, like, it wasn't a coaching decision. He was your best goalie. You have to do that. If 
in the beginning of the season, by necessity, he gets more minutes. And if he is dominant enough, it almost takes the decision out of bonuses. Hands. Yeah. Yeah. I, I figured out also my dream line for him because it would just be so much speed and I'd be him, Hints, Pavelski, Miro Haskinen, and Essa Lindell because I just think that would be the most fun line to watch just with the speed alone. I feel like for the first few games, if you had that line, you could probably really mess up some of the other um, opponents just because I think they could be shocked. I mean, by now they have to know that Miro Haskinen's a freaking beast and Kiryanov mm-hmm. and Hints have speed, but like, I don't know, maybe if you throw Pavelski in there, they, it might throw them off a bit because they might think, oh, he's a veteran. They got to slow down for him, but that, I think that, it could work. That Those three, those three Hints, Gurionov, and Pavelski have been together before, mm-hmm. and it's worked. Yeah. Pavelski, Pavelski is really low-key good at, like, kind of matching with different yeah. personalities. Also, if they, they do that, the amount of finish that gets spoken <laughs> on the ice, <laughs> that would be awesome. I'd yeah. wanna, I want to hear, like, the, the all the Finns mic'd up just to see how much they're speaking in Finnish to each other. And just because we talked about Finnish players at the moment, it just jogged my my thoughts. Um, I would love to know their thoughts on Finnish baseball. Do you think they've ever played? I'm curious that's, now. I thought it would be interesting. <laughs> we should definitely feel like that. And there are a lot of Finnish uh, hockey players. Yeah, it would be interesting to see like oh gosh, them playing. They could set up like Finnish hockey players, like a charity Finnish baseball match with the Finnish hockey players tell me that would not be entertainment here's, here's the thing a missed opportunity so they had that stadium in the bubble that yeah. they with all of the like spike ball and all the other stuff yeah why didn't they organize a Finnish baseball game with like all of the Finns the stars even like were playing baseball why did they not play Finnish baseball it would have been brilliant and that would have been like they could have recorded it. It would have <laughs> been so entertaining. NBC would have aired it. It would have been perfect. Right? And you Next probably time. could have get, like, got like Finnish tourism to sponsor it. Because it would oh be gosh. NHL, contact us. We've got tons of ideas. Marketing people here. <laughs> um, the last team was the, the reigning Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Here's the thing that just always baffles me. When you're like an amazing team, other teams seem to line up to get you out of your cap troubles. Chicago had this for all these these years. Pittsburgh has definitely benefited from it a time or two. And Tampa this year, the amount of salary they were just able to dump and not have to give up much for it at all. I'm just sitting there like, what are they doing? But even with all of the salary they dumped, they're over the salary cap currently, and it will change as soon as the first day of the season because they're going to have to put Nikita Kucherov on long-term injury reserve, which is – there's a whole thing. I'm not going to explain – I think I explained that in the cap episode that you can understand how LTIR works. It doesn't – Yeah. it does weird things to your cap, but it will make it so they're cap compliant. However, conspiracy theorists maybe step down a little bit because if there was going to be a guy that they were going to be like, okay, we need to save some cap space, you're gone – Nikita Kucherov, like, they would pick Stamkos over Kucherov. Kucherov is, like, their best player, has been the best consistently, hasn't shown signs of aging. So he would not be the guy. So it's just, it's not some conspiracy. It's definitely fortunate in that they don't have to make other moves. But if they had their pick of things they had to do, they would rather make those moves then not have Kucherov so just all of those conspiracy theorists but all of the like um people that they were able to to dump off and then the fact that NHL GMs they have a stupid thing where it's like they don't do offer sheets because then they think other GMs will get mad at them and do some kind of retribution which has never really happened at all um, and it's also just dumb. And it's also like s- some old gentleman agreement stupidity. Um, and so Anthony Sorelli and Eric Cernak, who are, Sorelli is an amazing defensive center. And Cernak's a pretty good defenseman. Both could you could have signed for a pretty fair market value and not have to give up a lot of draft picks. 
and there would be no way that Tampa could match them. And so basically what you're getting is like a really great trade, kind of like the trades I thought that Tampa would have to make anyways. Mm-hmm. No one even bothered trying, which is, of course, um, they did re-sign Pat Maroon, former Edmonton Oilers, St. Louis Blue, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Jan Ruda, who's like a meh replacement level defenseman and Matthew Joseph who's like a younger guy those are just very meh um I think they're largely the same team I think the biggest question is what's going to happen without Kucherov how long is Kucherov out and what's it going to be like because Stamkos you remember he played like a few minutes in the playoffs scored that one goal and then was hurt Mm -hmm. so if he's back at what level is he back and he he, because he's been hurt for a while and so how can he how good is he right now how much is he aged can he carry a team without Kutra because it's usually been like the the like amazing line they had was Kutra Stamkos and Point or when Stamkos was injured then it was I forget who else but um it's yeah it's or it was it was Kalorn it was Kalorn Kutra Point but I'm not sure if Stamkos, like, where he's at. He definitely could be there. He's had the talent. He's been, like, at, at early in his career, he looked like he could be match Alex Ovechkin for goal scoring. But then injuries and stuff like that kind of changed that projection. But it's just, I think that's the big question. Everything else is pretty much the same. So... When they first announced the new divisions, I was convinced that the only reason the Stars were in this division was because of Tampa, and they were going to, like, make that a new rivalry because of uh, Stanley Cup. The weird thing to me is, so Dallas only has one national broadcast scheduled. Tampa has four, but they're playing January 13th. They're playing Chicago. Their other three are all in April, and it's against Detroit, Columbus and then Detroit again so here's the thing that kind of sucks right now about the current makeup of the NHL like the three probably three of the biggest because Boston's definitely up there too yeah three of the biggest markets are Detroit Chicago and Buffalo like if you look at games that don't involve those teams you'll always see those markets as like some of the leading markets and so they end up having to play crappy teams on national television because they think like Chicago like it's the big joke about Chicago always getting the outdoor games and stuff like, yeah and it's kind of annoying because it is like I would rather watch Tampa Dallas or Tampa Carolina or something like that um the thing I think with the because Tampa and Florida are like are you thinking central like there's a central those are two central <laughs> but here's the thing I kind of think with them is I think they were viewed which is kind of weird that St. Louis and Chicago weren't, but I think people thought that Tampa, Florida have to be to, together in whatever yeah. division because they're kind of on their own a little bit. I mean, Carolina, yeah. I guess, but not really. So wherever they go, I think they, they wanted to keep them together. And the West, that's a joke. Like, don't even call it the West then. The East was full because of all of the rivalries yeah. that they want. And they can't. And so I think it was almost like a default thing. I wish they had just come up with names that weren't geographic. Yeah. Or, like, Canada. Canada should definitely have been called Canada. Yeah. But then just, like, I don't know. Whatever. Like, come up with random names. Yeah. Like, I, it, you were never going to have, like, Tampa and Florida be in the East just because like you said, that division's pretty full up, but like calling it the central when they're clearly not, that's the issue I have is like some of these teams are na- are in division names that they're clearly not in. Yeah. And cause that's the, like central definitely skews a little East. Yeah. And so, yeah, it is interesting, but and in my mind, though, I feel like stars definitely should have been West, but then maybe that's just because I'm used to, like, the Texas Rangers are in the West division. So why not just put the stars in the West? Yeah, and it is one of those things. It would have been, and maybe it's something I'll do, an interesting exercise to, like, write all the teams out. And then, of course, you have to cross off all the Canada teams because that, and then try to come up with your, like, division. Yeah. Because it is tough. Because I remember the first one that, like, some reporters were saying was legit, 
split up Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Yeah. And everyone was like, what the heck? Yeah. And then all of a sudden that changed. And and it's like, but whatever you do, it seems like you're going to, because now St. Louis and Chicago. And I think that was why maybe Pittsburgh and Philadelphia got split and something mm-hmm. like that. And so they had like some rivalries were going to have to get split up. And since Chicago is where they're at right now, I think they determined that that was the okay one to split up, but still. Do you remember the first like division theory that we looked up and it was like Detroit or Minnesota was in the South? Yeah, some of these, yeah, <laughs> everything you do, either like the names make no sense or there's like rivalries that are split up, or even I will say, like, and Canada kind of makes this tough the talent split. Yeah is like very very different because obviously Ottawa and Canada but Montreal like Montreal's for sure better than Detroit and Chicago probably better than Florida and like maybe even better than Nashville Nashville and Florida like they could theoretically be better than so you've got the sixth team in the like in the central being better than four teams in the or in the the sixteen the sixteen in the north better than four teams in the central, and like you can see some of that with like um, I think especially with the east because mm-hmm. of all of the old school rivalries that yeah. there's a lot of like good it, the east is, is stacked, so it's just it's an interesting there was there was no perfect way to do this and I acknowledge that and so yeah. that's why I think we ought to give the NHL some credit for. Be, being flexible because that's not something they're typically apt to do but I think they've come up with something that I'm at least intrigued by yeah I think they should have gone with I think you said it like a few episodes ago like naming them after like hockey greats instead of like west east north whatever they have mm-hmm. like they should have named the divisions after like former great players or something like it yeah. didn't have to be geographical the other thing too that I think that it could have been a cool thing to do is um if they name it after like um some kind of something connected to COVID so like if they had like something like with frontline workers or something like that and something so that it, it, they, could, they could tie it to some kind of promotion or some kind of something with yeah. raising money. It could have been something cool like that. But just the directional names are kind of irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, when they I don't mean, make sense. It North is point? accurate, I guess, but Canada would have been more yeah. accurate. But beyond that, beyond the Canada one, there wasn't one that's like, this is clearly what it should be called because they're right. kind of all over the place. So with that... <laughs> Do you want to do rants and raves? Yes. Do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? Uh, you go first. Okay. So I'm going to preface this rant with, this is just something I personally don't like to do and don't like to see, but I'm not saying like, I hate people who do this or whatever. At the end of a new, of a year, in the beginning of the new year, the like page 366 of 366 and page one of 365 really irks me. And here's the thing. It's only ever said when it's page one or the last page. And like, if you know anything about books, it's all in the middle that matters. So you're not saying like page 84 out of 365. (laughs) And so it just, it, it, it bothers me because it's like, it really doesn't say anything to me. I literally saw that on Tumblr this morning. I really don't like it. And it said page one. I'm like, well, today is page two. So where's that one? Yeah. Are we going to have a post every single day? <laughs> like, no. Uh, there's going to be a Twitter bot tomorrow that does it for every single day. And I'll have like four followers. <laughs> um, I-, I already gave away my rant earlier, but um. Sinclair Broadcast, who owns like, I think it's 21 or 22 regional sports networks, which currently, at least the one that the stars are on, you can only watch it on like AT&T cable provider or something else that's too expensive. And I cut cable like September because the cable I had 
ended Fox Sports and I was like, <laughs> I'm watching baseball and hockey. So I got um, my mom and I were going back and forth between Hulu and YouTube, like on the free trials, trying to decide. Got YouTube. YouTube cut Fox Sports at the end of October. So I was like, oh, it'll be back by the time by the time basketball starts because Mavericks play on there, Rangers play on there, and Stars play on there. And I knew football, since it's not on there, no one's going to rant and rave about that. I was hoping Mavericks fans would be so pissed they can't watch the games that Sinclair would have to bring it back. Like, it, they're going to have to make a deal. We are two weeks away from hockey, and I do not have Fox Sports Southwest, and I remind them every day on Twitter because I am that petty person. I want to watch I want to watch my teams. Also, it just doesn't make any sense because, first of all, I've read that they're losing money long before they, like, cut ties with basically every streaming service. How are they not losing money now when they're only available on two cable providers? And and Fox Sports Southwest tweeted, like, I think two weeks ago, um, if you want to watch us, like, and it was clearly a marketing tweet and not, like, their social media person tweeted it. It still pissed me off, though, because it was like, just switch to a different cable provider, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, y'all make it sound so easy. Like, most of us have switched because it's cheaper, and you can't just oh, let's just go to AT&T because they have the one channel that the other te- the other streamings don't have. I'm just annoyed and I want to be able to watch hockey. I feel that. I definitely feel that. Um, my rave, um, I just had it. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you go first and then I'll, yes. I'll come back to me? Um, my rave is super random and it's actually from like over a month ago, but I kept forgetting it. And then we didn't have rant and rave the last two episodes. So I'm finally doing it now. And I think it like kind of showed up on Twitter, like randomly one day and it's on YouTube and the YouTube channel is the raccoon whisperer. And it's this, this little old guy up in Canada in Nova Scotia feeds raccoons and I'm not kidding there's like 20 of them and every day he films himself feeding these raccoons and I'm telling you raccoons at first I was like I'm not sure about that but they're the freaking cutest and they just take the food from him so nicely sometimes he gives them hot dogs sometimes it's like oreo cookies like they can eat anything and it's just adorable and they take it so politely from him like they take with both hands they just grab it like a little kid and just it's very adorable and very heartwarming and he does it because I think it was his wife died like 10 years ago and she like asked him to like continue feeding them for um her and clearly it's like something that he does kind of like keep him going kind of thing but they're just all so sweet and they kind of look like really chubby dogs sometimes um sometimes they are a little like "Mm, you're not that cute but sometimes like 20 of them will show up to his porch and their little faces you have to if you just need a good like wholesome video to watch raccoon whisper which it's the cutest everyone needs that everyone needs truly so I in, in the process I came up with three <laughs> we're gonna do a quick quick race first of all if you um if you're friends with me this year you know that I kind of started and discovered because I started listening to current music and trying to get back and, <laughs> and discovered Harry Styles yes. who I was not a big One Direction person but love Harry Styles music same his new video that he released on New Year's Day um don't love the song it's called treat people with kindness it's just a little weird but yeah. the video is so uplifting and fun and you just make you smile so definitely something to check out also on youtube i have been really into this past week or so like family feud stupid <laughs> answers yeah because steve harvey his he's yeah. like on the spot reactions to hilarious things that he doesn't know is coming it's so good so there's a lot of those out there definitely watch that and then finally this is not really a rave more of just a recommendation so next week um well I guess this week when you're hearing it is the last week of Alex Trebek's new episodes of Jeopardy so definitely worth a watch um it's just so weird to think that we're gonna have a different host it's gonna be I told mom my mom that I really want them to like 
not go for an Alex Trebek replacement. Yeah. Something like a completely new direction. Like I was saying, if they found like it's a very specific kind of kind of host, but if they found like a female who could do it really well, yeah, then that would be such a great distinction. Because it's like, okay, yeah. they're not even trying to be Alex Trebek. So I, I, I want something different. And I know everyone's thinking Ken Jennings. I'm not convinced he's the one. Nah. I think, I think it'd be fun if it was a woman. Um, also, like when you said his last episodes, like my brain for a split second forgot and was like, why is it his last episodes? Um, but I'm going to have to, I don't, I don't watch Jeopardy that often. But I think I'm going to have to. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm very interested to see their new host. Like when they will, when are they're they even going to start airing new episodes? So I don't know. I'm sure they started filming them because I, they announced Ken for sure. They'll probably do a little bit of reruns, but they're doing like trials, which I thought yeah. was a perfect idea. So Ken yeah. is going to be one of them, but then I don't know who else is going to be. I haven't heard anyone else. Um, you know, interestingly, one of the ones that Alex said could be good was the play-by-play guy for the Los Angeles Kings, who now does NBC broadcast, Alex Faust. He's, actually, he's really good, but thought that was an interesting hockey connection there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune are great, like, family events in my family and are the reason I survived the pandemic. Yeah. It's just, like, my normalcy through it all. So definitely going to watch that this week. So with that, next week we'll be back for the East and the West. And have a good week, everyone. Not that long till we have sports back. Yes. Yeah, everyone. (laughs) Bye, guys.